0: Hey everyone, it's Pineapple. Just a quick note before we start the episode, this episode contains some not-so-nice four-letter words in it. We've bleeped them out, so if you hear this sound, that means it was bleeped. In the context of the sentences, it may be obvious what was said, so if you have kids, you may want to listen to this episode without them. Enjoy the show! Wholesome Transmissions is sponsored by Riptide Esports. Riptide is a fantastic upcoming esports organization that focuses on community and camaraderie more than just results. Similar to the message of this show, Riptide knows that player well-being and outlook is just as important as performance and skill, and that's why we're thrilled to be sponsored by them. Follow them on Twitter at Riptide HQ, and get plugged into their Discord server that's open to the public. All right, everyone, welcome to season two of Wholesome Transmission. So uh, this is the first episode we're recording for season two. This is actually we're recording in November. So for all listeners, understand that if things are a little dated or think sensitive, timely topics sound a little like well, that was months ago. Uh, that's why. But season two uh, radio and I have discussed and dubbed um, as therapy sessions and the reason why we kind of have named the season that is while we were recording season one and talking to a lot of our guests, we kind of realized that some of the most interesting and I think helpful conversations we had was sort of exploring people's disappointments and um, difficulties in life and also how they got through that. And in that sort of sense, obviously, radio and myself, we're not we're not psychologists. We have no uh, medical or any type of degrees to, to speak on these topics, but um, we thought of calling the season that because we're really trying to kind of find uplifting moments and hope in the middle of sort of the downtrodden and, and uh, valleys in life. So having said that, unfortunately, my co-host, uh, Radio, is not here for the first episode. He had some family issues that kind of came up last minute, and, um, which, is, which is totally fine. Um, but Radio, you are missed. And today, um, I have with me for our, our first episode of season two, uh, Defer. So anyone in the ARMS community probably knows uh, who Defer is, but um, for those who don't and who made a little maybe need a little refresher on the many things that Defer does... Um, Defer currently works as a content manager for GLL. It's an eSport company and he lives in Sweden. And he's also the creator of the eSport team Fellows in Arms for anyone who was in the arms community. It was a prominent arms team. I was on that team as well. Um, Defer is also a creator of Follows TV which hosts a lot of online tournaments, he's streamed a lot, he does graphic design work, he does video creation and editing, um, and he's also an amazing boyfriend to his, his girlfriend Ayaka, and just uh, several things. So, I mean, Defer brought me onto the Fells in Arms team, I worked with him a lot, and Defer's always shown a very high level of professionalism, and respect, and uh, kindness in everything that he's done, and I'm just really glad to have him on so we can kind of sit down and talk about a lot of these topics. So for starting out, um, how have you been? I'm really awesome and really happy to have uh, you being able to say Ayaka is now living with you in Sweden, which is awesome. So why don't yeah. you kind of start off by how life has been treating you and go from there.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks. Just starting off. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, such a nice introduction. I feel yeah. a bit uh, <laughs> flattered when you go through all these lists it's, of stuff that I've done. It's a but... lot. <laughs> but yeah, no, thanks for having me on and uh yeah, like uh Ayaka has moved to my place here in Sweden now, uh which has been great. Uh I guess most people won't know that, but uh throughout the time of I was in the Arms community, um I was uh struggling through a visa process that was I think uh, in total 2 years uh yeah. of trying to get my girlfriend from japan to move with me to sweden and now finally right around six months ago uh she came here and now we've been living together uh and it's been great i finally kind of feel at peace uh, with myself a bit more um so it's been it's been a wild ride and uh, i actually switched to my current job uh the week she came here (laughs) uh so oh, it was like it was a lot of things that changed uh, at the same time. About six months ago, she actually started her job here in Sweden the same week as well. So we oh, both wow. started on new jobs and just <laughs> moved together. It was it was a lot. It was a lot yeah. to take in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's been great, and uh, I kind of finally have um, gotten to be, you know comfortable with my current job as uh, mm-hmm. the content manager right now so uh it's it's good it's good thank you
0: yeah of course i mean i i know um i know that you know in the fellows in arms chat during that year that we were a team i mean that was like i know that was very stressful and and it was mm-hmm. a bit painful for you to go through that process and yeah it was very unknown when things were going to work out and yeah. i can totally relate i know i've spoken on the show a little bit before about how like you know, when I got married, moved out, and got my first, first full time job in like the same mm-hmm. month, like in a you know one month span. Um, yeah. So it was a lot of a lot of changes, and I can only imagine that you know it's been it, it can it just probably has come with a lot of difficulties. But uh, I'm glad that you know you're sort of now settled in. And yeah. how have things been at uh, GLL compared to I know you know you, we used to work at Toka Boca as a um, quality what quality assurance correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, precisely, uh, precise. sorry, I s- Swedish slipping right in there. No worries. No, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, uh, that's like a sign that I'm way too relaxed. It's just like, <laughs> I start speaking Swedish randomly. Uh, exactly. Uh, I, I worked uh, as QA or Quality Assurance for mm-hmm. Boka, which was, uh, it's a app company, like game app company for kids, or mm-hmm. they like to call them play apps because you can't really win in the apps. It's more. Yeah. Uh, geared to kids to kind of make them learn about things and not having to necessarily worry about competitive things or points mm-hmm. and stuff uh and that's kind of funny because the, the <laughs> yes. current uh, job that i'm, I'm working at is <laughs> is about all of those things you know competitive <laughs> spirits and winning money uh stuff like that uh no it's uh yeah the the transition has been wild man like yeah. uh i um first of all like the visa process is something i would never wish upon my like worst enemy i for <laughs> sure if yeah. if you if you have someone that like anyone that is like in any way kind of uh in a visa process i like i i really feel for them uh mm-hmm. but uh but yeah like the The work has switched so dramatically. I pretty much worked... uh, So I came back to Sweden from Japan about two years, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, And then I started working at Tokaboka shortly after, which is... um, Yeah, it was... a mellow place you know it's a it's it's a company that makes apps for kids like you can't uh, of course there's like stressful deadlines with the game development in general but uh and there are some horror stories out there but Tokabok is really one of those places where it's just like it's really wholesome like they they promote kind of equality diversity and they're like all about supporting each other uh you know the the products are for the kids it's like you you just feel good being there yeah Uh, i remember
0: yeah i was gonna say i remember you talking about like your job at Boca and just Mm. uh, it seemed like you were it was a very chill atmosphere and it kind of helped you because you weren't really stressed at work too often it seemed like and you were able to kind of focus on the arms community and and your other esport you know type endeavors Um, yeah and i think i don't think we really mentioned that gll is like an esport company and they're they're and so, um, why don't you talk a little bit about sort of what GLL specializes in, and sort of like esports? I know that it looks like they're getting into auto chess battlers as well. I've seen that on your yeah. Twitter. Um yes. and you just had a huge event. So,
1: yeah, sure. So uh, the current, like the company in itself, it's called uh, G Loot, uh, which is mm-hmm. uh, Global Loot. Uh, and the, their main focus has been uh, about PUBG uh, now, and g has a sub-brand called GLL, the Global Loot League, uh, and that's pretty much their esports division where they mm-hmm. host uh, tournaments and events, both in person but online as well. So um it, gll is also like a platform uh it's it's it may may sound really confusing because it's a lot of things at the same time but uh, <laughs> there, there there is there's a platform called gll where you can register uh, and you can play in tournaments and you can win money uh yeah. and uh, that sounds really simple but uh, when you're dealing with like money transfers uh mm. and uh, in yeah. a lot of different countries and when it comes to winning uh, you know some countries thinking esports is gambling and so on uh, it's it's a very kind of uh, It's a new thing and it hasn't it really is. been made in the same way before uh, So a, a lot of people would like to compare GLL with uh, another company called face it which is pretty okay. big in counter-strike uh, but there, the difference the difference one of them being is that you can't really win money from their platform which you can in on GLL. Um, so, yeah, pretty much uh, it's been focused on F- PUBG uh, for several years and now this summer we kind of um, we also added the game Auto Chess, which is like one of the new esports genres uh, yeah. in general. Like, it's just a new game genre that came from nowhere and then uh, like Riot, uh, Valve and, you know, Everyone is like making their own version of the game because they want to cash in on that. Uh, it's like Battle Royales was uh, four years ago.
0: Yeah, of. yeah. So um, I guess two things then. One, um, I kind of want to touch on it. Well, Well, why don't you describe to, to listeners a little bit of what sort of the auto chess genre is? Because I, I mean, mm. I personally don't entirely know what the game concept is. And then secondly, yeah. I want to kind of get your, um, your thoughts on Moving from like when you were involved with the arms community was a smaller mm-hmm. scene. So, obviously, the PUBG scene um, yeah. is rather large. And I, I like how is that transition?
1: Yeah. So, uh, auto chess, uh, is the actual game. And you could go on for uh, a long time to explain mm-hmm. the names because of the origins and whatever. But, yes. uh, <laughs> auto chess uh, is the game, and auto battlers is the genre. So, correct the auto battler genre is pretty much. The basics is that it's eight players at the same time uh they have kind of like a board where they can place units uh and they can buy and place units and each round they will get matched up with one of the other eight players, kind of asynchronous uh battles mm. uh, and they will play out and you will have a winner at each round uh and you have like hundred health and you lose health or you maintain health and last man standing uh wins pretty much so it's it's in some ways it's kind of like similar to Battle royales in the sense Mm -hmm. that you like everyone starts out the same you build your composition or gear or whatever uh, and then at the end people will drop off and then you'll have a winner Um, and uh, the mix of this is like it's not really like chess so if you'd like chess uh, it's not the same you know Uh, I've had so many people sounding so disappointed when they when i tried to explain the game to them <laughs> and they're like this is nothing at all like chess i'm like yeah i know it's I uh, could... yeah
0: i kind of <laughs> like we... it though i mean i'm i'm not a like i i enjoy uh the concept of chess but i'm terrible mm. at it so when i yeah. first heard of auto chess i'm like oh no it's chess i got to run and then when you were like <laughs> no it's not really like chess oh okay this might be yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I used to play chess as a kid, and I was like, man, I, I hit the threshold of like, oh, you have to be smart to go further, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I can't go further than this. Uh, I, I like to uh, kind of compare it more as a, like a... Uh, it's like a board game uh, in the sense of a battle royale, but the mm-hmm. strategy is very similar to poker uh, because you you kind of you're dealt random hands of units uh you have an economy that you have to keep track of you have yeah. to you have to decide when you need to spend on units when you have to hold your money back uh when you need to go all in and so forth so it's like in some senses it's more similar to poker than it would be to chess to be honest uh but maybe that would make other people uncomfortable with you know again the connection with uh, esports and gambling in some countries yeah. oh yeah yeah right. uh but uh, yeah, as for the question about the PUBG and like going from ARMS to PUBG it's, it's uh, also been kind of strange. Uh, ARMS, of course, humble as we are, we're a very tiny community, uh, but a very die-hard you know, die hard community. Um, PUBG is also, um, it's way bigger than ARMS, it is, but uh, it's still smaller than other esports communities like yeah. League of Legends or Counter-Strike. Uh, and they also have like a really hardcore following. Um, now, the, one of the biggest re- uh, like differences between Arms and PUBG is that the company itself kind of um, supports the esports side of the game. So um, they have made leagues in all of the regions in the world uh, where you can you know you can qualify to those regions and go on to the majors. And at the end of the year, you have the big kind of global championship. Um, that, um, yeah, I think a lot of esports games are starting to adapt that kind of formula, you know? Uh, like you break it up into regions, go on to bigger tournaments, and then at the end of the year, it's like a big bang of, yeah, um, price money, and, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> adrenaline i guess well, yeah
0: i mean it makes sense i mean you can't expect um there to be like three or four large tournaments with people all over the world coming out like unless the yeah. game is just broken that threshold of being in like sort of the national eye of video games right because if you're not yeah. quite there it's it's too much ex- um too much expense to, to to you know feasibly do that multiple times <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, for me the uh, big difference coming from Arms has also been kind of turning the th- uh the way I look at how I work with something because Arms yeah. for me was very much like uh like my baby, you know. I love Arms uh and PUBG it's not that I don't it's not that I hate, uh, hate PUBG or anything, but it's it's something i work with um, yeah so i and i haven't i didn't actually play PUBG before i started the game or the the job sorry uh so for me it's been kind of um taking my learnings from arms and previous stuff and just kind of how can i learn PUBG from a job perspective which has been uh very different like yeah. uh it's uh it's cool but it's very different uh uh i i don't think a lot of people kind of get to to have that chance of no uh, you know (laughs) taking your passion uh and making it to a job but it's slightly different you know
0: yeah well how so i mean again i think that you've especially during the arm scene i think kind of realized that you had a a big passion in esports and you Mm. also i mean hosted several tournaments through follows tv so how um i mean does it so you said it's a little different but has it been kind of um uplifting and and really good for you to finally be like basically working for something that you you know have a great passion for
1: yeah i think uh like specifically why i'm passionate about esports in general is just because uh it's well it's just cool that people are like competing in games he's putting that out yeah. there but <laughs> but uh just uh the the fact that people can like gather around something that so many people can take part of and for me esports even before arms was kind of a way for me to connect with people as a kind of introverted nerd when i was in my (laughs) early teens so uh, like for me it's also seen as a kind of a, a gateway for those kind of not so extrovert people to be able to connect with others and kind of find a community um, through something they love. And since it's connected via digitally, it's like so many more people can finally join in on the fun. Um, so I I don't know. It's uh, it's I I rarely get the time to stop and think about it, but it feels cool to think about like oh I'm kind of helping to kind of build this um thing that we call esports in some way I guess
0: exactly no you you definitely are and I mean I think that I I I would say the community aspect is one of the highlights of esports in general and it's also like it's it's a community for introverts because you can you can very well do most things that you would do on uh, you know the online video gaming from your house. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. And like for the arm scene, a lot of these online majors that we had and online tournaments, yeah. everyone's just in their house. Like you can still have your reclusive lifestyle, but you can be part of communities.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so unreal. Like the more you start to think about it, the more yeah. unreal it feels. It's like <laughs> what some people are just like they're just the the average joe in real life and then oh but you know when i go home i'm actually like a world (laughs) champion in this like game or something they're like what uh i mean some people at least i guess in the arms community has also kind of uh, lived through that thing
0: uh yeah um I certainly like my my. I remember a lot like with my friends, especially when when I was playing Arms and like on the top of the dashboard and like mm. I would be hanging out with like our, well, I'd be at, like a party with my friends or something and they'd be like, dude, like you have to check out what like Caleb has done like online. It's crazy like he's, <laughs> like you know whatever in Arms and I'm like, yeah, okay. And it's just <laughs> like yeah, it's, it certainly has that sort of stigma to it and it can be really interesting because i guess it also makes me think of like in society like how many people that you meet every day like have something that they're like just like a savant at or something you know <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah um, uh, so- you know, that just makes me think of like there was some one time or like t- two or three times at, at work while i was working at tokabaka someone would like randomly bring out arms because switch was a big thing at the company mm-hmm. and you know you have this moment where it's just like you look at them and you're like. I don't want to like ruin their day, but I I'm kind of a big deal in this game, and you don't like you don't want to sound like a douche and say that, so you just like look at them. I remember while I was working some one day there was a girl that was like uh like I don't remember like seven. She was the daughter of some, a colleague, and she was mm-hmm. playing arms like right next to me. And I was just oh. looking at her and just like holy shit. and oh she's doing like she's playing Twintel, but she doesn't really understand the ability, and I'm just like. Should I like let her know or and I was just looking at her and then like sneaking in some uh like advice here and there and she's like thank you. Uh no, I'm good. I'm like, Yeah (laughs) I'm like, Yeah, okay. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) it was just uh you know, fun fun moments.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um that's that's really um, so I guess also going from Tokaboka to GLL, what have been sort of some of the struggles that have come up, like starting, you know, a, a sort of a new career and a, a bit of a change direction and how have how have you sort of overcome those and what are some of the skills you developed? So
1: I think the biggest difference has been that, uh, as we kind of touched upon earlier, was that like... So I, I wasn't really stressed out at Tokaboka when I worked mm-hmm. uh, with my QA job. So it was one of those eight to six jobs, not uh, not nine to five. Uh, and um, I did my thing and then I went home, rarely any overtime. Uh, and then when I got home, I could work with my side projects, which was, which was eSports. Mm-hmm. Um, now going to GLL. Uh, it's intense like things are happening all the time, new projects are coming at me from every direction uh, and it I, I can't really do my side projects anymore because so many things are happening and I have yeah. to kind of direct my attention to my jobs uh, in the way that like when I get home I need to rest, like I can't do anything more uh, and that's been like a very tough thing to kind of um get used to Uh, yeah i i remember i i i like to think i've been realistic in that but i i mentioned to people that i want to start doing fellows tv stuff like now and then while working at gll but it's always been the you know one of those like yeah maybe in two months yeah maybe Mm -hmm. at the end of the year uh and more and more it's kind of getting into that like "Mm, it will happen when it happens you know Um, yeah and um, I don't know. I think it's just like uh, I'm in in I'm in something that is bigger than myself now. Um, yeah. Because in arms, I could pace myself as, as sometimes too much of what uh, more than I could do, but <laughs> for, uh, ideally just the stuff that I could do. Yeah. Um, but, but now I'm a part of something kind of like a bigger. Um, movement i guess uh, within esports, where it's just like i mean when we started when i started the company we were like 35 and now we're we're closing into 100 in the company which is insane um, yeah. and uh, yeah uh, so a lot of things is happening beyond my control um and uh, yeah, that's also kind of something new to take on <laughs> when you've been in charge of everything, and then now you have to kind of be a part of something. Is uh, it's it's not bad; it's just different in that sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, th- I'm sure it helps that you're able to do something that you thoroughly enjoy, being in esports. Mm. And I'm sure that because it, it must feel a bit fulfilling to be working uh, during the day. Even if you are putting in overtime and don't have enough for side projects, you're doing something mm. that you enjoy, you know? Yeah. I think that, that makes a huge difference for your outlook and just how you feel about making
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I do feel so much prouder about the, the stuff that I do during daytime in that mm-hmm. sense. Uh, even though apps for kids is like is great in all the kids in the entire world it's just like (laughs) I'm I'm not a part of that uh, like uh, group (laughs) so it's just like uh, our target audience so it's just um, uh, yeah I I make something and I want to be a part of what I'm making in that sense and it's that's something special that I really um, I'm grateful for that I can have that in my life
0: yeah well I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that and i guess one one other question and this is sort of along the lines of like random sort of weird questions that we have at the end of our first segment sometimes um i kind of wanted to ask you because i know that you know you've gone i remember you, you talked also with fellows in arms about your involvement with team fortress 2 and also yeah. the arms community i'm, I'm kind of curious to know in your mind what are some of like the most influential video games on your life that have had sort of lasting impacts on you or games that you put that you thought particularly um, kind of changed your direction
1: yeah uh, and this is gonna sound so nerdy but it's is one of those questions that I've been thinking about myself so much it's mm-hmm. just like I have a list here uh, it's
2: just it's <laughs> well, not hey, too long no that's <laughs> good
0: because I mean I, I think when we all we've asked guests on like season one about like top five video games a lot mm-hmm. of those games had profound impacts on like our lives, and mm. how they and like I would say those games were rather influential. So I'm, yeah, I think the list is yeah. great. So let's hear it.
2: Yeah.
1: So starting off, I guess from the beginning, right? So the the mm-hmm. game that made me love games is uh, Final Fantasy 7 on PlayStation One. Oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's a good. That one. was <laughs> yeah. That was the first game I got on my own console. That wasn't like I was borrowing it from my older brother. Yeah. Uh, and then I I like. Uh, Back then, you know, uh, seven-year-old Defur had uh, not a lot of friends, was very introverted, (laughs) and there was this world that just opened up for him, uh, like, cyberpunk stuff, like, steampunk. It was such a good mix of, like, everything happening and the cool protagonists. Um, I just, like, you know, went really deep into this game, and it kind of unlocked, like, oh, I love games so much. There was actually <laughs> like, there there was this uh, ad that, uh, now this is, might be dated with, you know, how people listen to it, but there was just an ad that got released about Final Fantasy VII, which uh, in uh, a Japanese ad where they're basically, yeah, they, they're talking about it. Um, it's basically about a couple where the woman has played the game, but the guy hasn't, and then he keeps meeting people who um, has played Final Fantasy VII, uh, and then is like, oh, maybe I'll try Final Fantasy 7, the remake, which is getting uh, dropped, dropping on Final, uh, PlayStation Four now. Yep. And it's just like the entire ad, like, almost made me cry. You know, it was so like nostalgic. Like uh-huh. I can relate to everything about this, even though yeah. it's people in Japan that's you know, <laughs> way different culture than mine. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, games, yeah. games. I mean, video games are one of those things that. It, like sort of unite people across like all all ages and cultures and like especially we saw that with the arms community too is like even though we might not speak the same language or have the same mm-hmm. cultures it, that game has such powerful uh, impacts on all of us individually on like a community basis
1: yeah for sure uh so i guess secondly would be as you mentioned, Team Fortress Two, which mm-hmm. was really just one of those games. I got the orange box for PC because I wanted Half Life Two because I was obsessed about it. Yeah. But then I tried Team Fortress and I was like, "Holy! Shit, you can do so many things in this game. You can uh you the teamwork was on such another level that I hadn't experienced before. Uh And it was one of those games where I just um, I started reaching out to people, and that's where I made my first kind of team within. Like some sort of community or esports. Uh, when I like, when I was fourteen, I made my own team in the game where I was recruiting people. I think I had like twenty something people in oh, in wow. my team. Uh, like as a fourteen year old, I like I made yeah. my I, I made a forum for my team. Uh, <laughs> and I think the funniest detail I can remember from it was I was fourteen. And I was like I was I was writing guides in English to people uh and like the people in the team they were like 18 19 and their leader was 14 uh and, and like when i was in in 19 i was like i would never ever <laughs> listen to a 14 year old like lead me through this game um uh, and yeah i i played that a lot and i got to kind of a higher level in competitive i almost got into the highest division of it mm-hmm. um in the kind of 6v6 mode they have there uh, but then uh, I was kind of flunking school, so I had to kind of give it up. Yeah. Um. Well, understandably so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and but that game in general, just like uh, reaching out to people, I was in teams that was like from with people from all over Europe. So I, it was basically the game that made me become social and learn. Yeah how to manage projects which is weird like it's a game it's not <laughs> a it's not a course you know
0: uh well, no it's not but i think that the value of that's the thing where i think people always view like even video games and competitive gaming as sort of like just just a hobby and then i think like you you bring up a good example where Um, Especially in ARMS, I think that showcased just how much it developed like certain skills in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, like you like managing projects, Mm -hmm. um, social interaction, coordinating, you know, especially when you're playing Team Fortress 2, you have to coordinate with your teammates on like strategies. It's like you're basically learning the mechanics that any project manager or, or like anyone in like an actual work environment would use.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of this is also like leadership skills, like the one that is actually leading the team. It's very similar to sports. I think mm-hmm. I think when people talk about sports, it, this sounds like super obvious, but not a lot of people know that this is also happening in esports in the same way. Yeah, um, But uh, yeah, so for sure, Team Fortress uh, kind of made me get out of my shell uh actually realize i like being with people <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. a stupid thing to say but no uh and then finally i guess uh the uh, the game that came after that um uh, was uh, starcraft 2 which okay. uh was a game where i i hadn't really been competitive from for years in team fortress um and starcraft II was something i was following like uh, obsessing about you know they had the stars and the esports and everything uh, and it was with the game that i kind of realized that it was fun to compete by your by yourself mm-hmm. uh, so team fortress was the team one where i could just be a part of something and be the healer you know i was the medic there starcraft kind of like okay i want to try to be uh, good on my own Um and you had this like huge responsibility like if you if you lose then it's on you, like, you're yeah. the one who fails. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's incredible, like, the highest tier of StarCraft is amazing to watch. Uh, it's like n- no other game can be almost that mechanically advanced or, like, difficult. And mm-hmm. I was no way in that level. But just being <laughs> close to it uh, was yeah. good enough for me. Uh, it was also the game that gave me carpal tunnel in both of my arms (laughs) Uh, so
0: Uh yeah you have uh, you have the scars from that
1: yeah for sure um and i think those three games are kind of the big ones before arms came in Uh, and i think in some ways like uh, team fortress community and like starcraft's like how i played by myself uh, kind of led me into fighting games in that way where it's just like you know you you grow up you don't have time but fighting games are short rounds you know yeah. spurs of the moment and it's on you as in starcraft uh i don't know so i i think that led me to you know finally arms which has had like a significant um stamp on my life i would say uh of just being being so much in uh, in just one game.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it also kind of like you're, those those four games you mentioned kind of, in my mind, paint like this sort of progression. Because like Final Fantasy 7 is like introduction to video games and also getting experience, like the single player and like the grand landscapes of what mm. video games can offer. And then like Team Fortress 2 is like the social aspect of mm. gaming. And then StarCraft is like the highly technical competitive side. And then all of those things kind of funnel into ARMS where yeah. you sort of had all of that. Like there was the social community aspect, but you're playing the game by yourself. And mm. um, I mean, I can definitely see how those games prob- you know, honestly led you to be able to do the types of things that you were able to do in the ARMS game.
1: Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, for sure. And it's like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, what's the next game? Like, <laughs> what, what is this going to lead me to, you know? If this yeah. is, is like, am I going to transcend into some, like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't even,
0: yeah,
1: yeah uh, I don't even know. Uh, that's, so that's exciting.
0: Yeah, no, that is really, that is funny to think about. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, awesome. And I think on that note, we will uh, we'll take our, our short little break here, and then we will come back and honestly dive, dive right into the, the arms and, and sort of eSport uh, discussion to pick back up where we left off All right, everyone. We are back with the second half of our episode, and I'm here with Defer. Um, again, radio is not with us, unfortunately. Had some stuff come up. But yeah, so our second half of the show, you know, is sort of esport, video game and, and mentality talk. And it, it, we kind of left it off at a great spot on the, second, on the first half, talking about you know sort of what led you to the Arms community and some of the games that had influences mm. on your life so um i guess starting off with our second half um you know i know you mentioned kind of what drew you to the game of arms um how you got your start and take the conversation from there uh,
1: yeah so I, I kind of like uh, what drew me to arms i guess is was just um it's almost hard to remember now to be honest like the more i think back of it because it's just like Mm -hmm. so much things has happened since we started uh but i like to kind of tell myself that um so when when i when arms was getting announced i can remember like that era in time was i had just gotten back from japan um my girlfriend was still back in japan uh i I had been working in japan for a while and we met there Uh, but yeah we decided to come to sweden and uh, we had no idea when we would be together again um and so yeah there was this like hole of like okay i don't know i might have to wait for my girlfriend for years uh what do i do and then I hadn't been uh, into any kind of competitive scenes for a while. I had been streaming some when I was in living in Japan uh, with my dinky little setup, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. then when when the trailer for Arms hit, I just I know that I thought, uh, holy, f- this is this is something I can just like <laughs> all of my worries, I can just sink it right into this thing. Uh, and like I, I just I, I remember the, I, I think I wrote it somewhere that it was just like I can become known in this game like I know what I need to do to be someone in this game uh, and I think yeah I, I guess what had drew me to it was that it was just a new type of fighting game so um, in other games mm-hmm. when they get released you always have the you know like with Smash for example all of the other Smash players go to the other Smash uh, you know uh, like shooters they go on to the next shooters uh, everything like that but with ARMS it was just like I couldn't see a clear like okay these guys are gonna be pro at the game so I just like this is my chance to just go into this game like with everything I have uh, and maybe find some solace in like okay I can work with this until my girlfriend comes to Sweden pretty much um, and yeah yeah that was a starting point did.
0: And did I mean were you interested in the, the Switch console at all? Like, or have you been a, a fan of Nintendo games? And did the combination of that sort of also no? And that, that's into the it? funny
1: part. Like, I I, <laughs> I know that like uh, from conversations with fellows in arms, guys, you know, with uh, with cat and people, who, oh yeah, who loves Zelda. I'm just like, yeah, I haven't really played any of the Zeldas, uh, and uh, you know, I I grew up with uh, PlayStation and then you know PC and stuff like that, but um i when i saw the switch the first time i'm like oh my god that's a gimmick piece of i I just remember like the (laughs) what is it the presentation they had the first time where it was like the guy was like showing how you could uh have like three you can feel three ice cubes in the joy-con i'm like oh my god that's so
0: stupid oh yes yes uh
1: and then (laughs) i think there was another presentation with one of those like uh I guess you can call it a Japanese game where it was just like you can really feel a like breast with the joy con I was like, Oh my God, is this is like this most stupid like console ever uh but uh I don't know when 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 the arms thing like when arms came, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna buy the console to play that game uh and i i yeah. haven't like I haven't played odyssey, I haven't played Breath of the wild uh because I just bought the switch for
0: arms. <laughs> I like that's so funny because I mean, I think a large part of the arms community and one of the things I also noticed with the Splatoon community is like these are these competitive games where you have these small ecosystems, but everyone in the communities seem to be like large fans Mm. of Nintendo and a lot of them will play a lot of other, you know, Nintendo games with each other. Branching out from just that scene, um, so that's kind of funny because I remember even thinking when you were saying like your the games that had a big influence on you. I'm like, yeah, none of these yeah. are are Nintendo games. <laughs> like this is not the next logical no. step, perhaps for defer on his no, gaming no. career. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, like I didn't own like the last Nintendo console I had before the Switch was uh, the Game Boy Advance. I didn't really have like, and that was a you know portable consoles the, the The main consoles was yeah. the uh it must have been super nintendo i didn't even have like i didn't have the ah, 64 yeah. or gamecube or anything so it's just like completely like missed out on so many things i realize now uh, like afterwards uh, you know melee and everything in between uh mario 64 and all of those great games
0: yeah that's funny. it is funny though that you you sort of you, you just jumped. Uh, you had a big. That's a big gap between the Super Nintendo and the, the Nintendo. Switch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but they're on there now. You know, you can play them, and I don't. No, they I are. I don't feel like playing them yeah. anymore. <laughs> but they're there. You know, both the. Yeah.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Hey, that fair enough. I mean, I can't I can't complain with that. I mean, but I still think like your outlook towards the competitive scene of arms and like your running tournaments and stuff. Like it also kind of aligns a lot with like the nintendo brand and what they promote like you sort of you've always had this high level Mm. of like professionalism and respect and like you show that towards i think everyone and i think that you like even the follows tv tournaments have that Mm. uh to them and it just kind of reminds me of nintendo and their approach to esports, which is kind of (laughs) ironic given yeah, yeah that, that makes me happy to hear. I
1: think, yeah, something might have just clicked there. Uh, something I do like about Nintendo now, yeah. kind of realizing afterwards is just how how polished everything is. <clears throat> and that's something I really do respect about um, their games and just the products that they put out, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I guess getting into the the stuff that you have worked on and created. So what, like... <sighs> How did how was your experience working on like the mm. Fellows and Arms podcast? Um, like doing these tournaments? You also made like yeah. a bunch of videos as well. Like you it seems like you didn't necessarily have the professional training in these fields, but you sort of stumbled into it and sort of found like a lot of joy from creating these things. So, you know, what 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 uh, have you yeah, like I experienced think, from
1: yeah. that? so besides kind of what I talked about the like private life of uh, I need to find something to do. I think um, I, I had mm-hmm. touched upon uh, like graphic design stuff. I had been doing some streaming before in Japan with my, you know, my own channel, but it felt kind of aimless. Uh, like I didn't really have anything that I could kind of uh, like apply my skills to, or the, the stuff that I've been learning in, mm-hmm. say, video editing or um, you know, graphic design and stuff like that. But <clears throat> When when uh, oh uh, when the when the game came out, it was just uh, I felt like okay, I can like gather all of these skills and kind of jump onto it and uh, create what I want to create, and then we'll see where that takes me. And uh, um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to to get the attention (laughs) in the first uh, kind of as soon as possible and kind of grab everyone's attention. Um, so I just thought, okay, let's make a podcast. I guess that's what you do, right? <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, no, yeah. for some reason, I was just like, well, I streamed, so let's make the podcasts live uh, on streams, which um, it was a cool idea, but it was something that's really stressed me out. Uh, g- getting these yeah. other guests on, having them live and then having a live chat on, is it's like... Uh, maybe it's easy for some people, but for me, that was a very stressful.
0: It, I can't imagine doing that. I mean, with our show, we obviously pre-record, and we we uh, we we add music and other stuff, though, so it's a little bit different. But I mean, it's a lot of stress. So, like you have to coordinate like four schedules. You have to also ensure everyone's like microphones and everything's working yeah. properly beforehand, and, and uh, having the live yeah, element and, certainly. What's an of <laughs> there
1: was even a moment in one of the casts, you know, with th- live uh, settings, <laughs> unpredictable things happened. And I remember one of the uh, one of the clips that yes. became like the most watched clip of uh, the podcast was actually one of the uh, later ones um, that was when and as soon as the podcast began. Uh there was this uh, military uh, mil- military sorry military alarm that went off outside of my house. Uh you know one of those like doomsday alarms. Uh and yeah. I you can yeah. see me react to it because I was like uh like I, someone else is talking and you see me getting distracted by something in the background and then I'm like <laughs> taking off my headphones and then I take them on again and I'm like wow it sounds it like it's really I th- I was thinking for myself, like it sounds like a truck is standing outside of my window and just like blowing their horn, and it's just like, uh, and then uh, I they're like, oh, are you okay to film this?" Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like the military alarm. It's probably the Russians or something. I was joking, uh, and then like after the podcast, I would go online and it turns out like that uh, the the government had accidentally turned on the alarm. Uh, without warning anyone and it was like complete chaos like people thought we were getting uh, attacked by russia uh people had been swarming the police website and crashing it so people thought that russia had hacked the police website like it had been going down oh, no. my sister had been like you know closing her vents and stuff like that uh and i was just like yeah. In the clip, I was just like, nah, it's probably Russians, and then uh, I'm too stressed out to worry about (laughs) anything else. Just keep talking, guys. Uh, And I like I posted that on the Swedish uh, subreddit, and it was just like people were like, dude, you're stupid as. (laughs) I was like, well, (laughs) you know, I was stressed (laughs) out.
2: you were, yeah, you were committed sure. to the show, but yeah, no,
1: I I never really had a uh, like an overarching plan with the podcast. I just felt like okay, uh, people yeah. need I I need I want to create a space for where people can uh, listen to others, give their opinions and thing uh, things about the game, and then start a discussion there. That was pretty much it. What I had in in mind, um, and then as time went along, it was kind of apparent to me that. A podcast that was focusing on one game specifically became uh restrictive and i started noticing that people started talking about the same topics and like the same sort of arguments ca- mm-hmm. kept circling back and it made me annoyed because i wanted to i wanted to create a space to de- develop the community not a space f- like a circle jerk <laughs> kind of uh i don't know spot and it's just uh uh so that yeah. made me kind of like okay transition from like okay at some point i need to stop doing these shows um and so i ended it kind of kind of on a high note with the 10th episode uh with you uh actually uh and yeah, uh, yeah. which was where i somehow got the idea that hell let's make a community awards uh mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that was um yeah, that was something else. I I don't know, like in hindsight, why what what I was thinking, but I was just like, oh, we have to have it before <laughs> the end of the year. It has to be done within two weeks. Uh, I remember. Yeah, yeah that was a, <laughs>
2: yeah. That was a
1: time and I value. just I just went ballistic. <laughs> I was just like, okay, let's do it. It's gonna have like really good production value, and it's only me doing this.
0: Uh And yeah, uh, you. You definitely did that. I think you did that multiple times where you had, I mean, you had so many ideas about where you could take the community and sort of, and I think that's why even today I think that you're one of the community figures of the ARM scene that people still like recognize on site because you did so much for the scene and it sort of arose from this mm. deep passion for the game, love of the community. You know, you you started your own mm. esport team, Fellows and Arms. You, ran a lot of tournaments you did the arms community awards like anything that you thought of that you were like this would help the scene you sort of like okay i'm gonna do it on my own then i'll just do it like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, i don't know what whatever whatever i have to do to make it happen yeah, yeah, well, I I do it, of, Whatever.
1: Uh, in hindsight it's like what's wrong with me but uh, uh I, th- I think i think developed <sighs> from that uh like okay because in the beginning i was just thinking okay how can i develop myself what can i Um what can i can i get from this like how can i uh become a better person a skilled person learn more things but as time went along it was just i kind of fell in love with the community and that kind of became the team because uh, people were like how can i represent this podcast uh i was like i didn't even think that was a thing oh can can i have like the yeah. the podcast name in in my name when I'm playing the game and I was just like this sounds like a team in like uh, like ah uh, okay <laughs> let's just go with it and see that because it's I wanted to give them that space uh, which in the beginning became uh, cat meow and Akio Show where it's just like okay let's gather ourselves this is fun like I want I want people to get to know each yeah. other well, let's just move on with it and then. From there it kind of took its own life and that's kind of how most of the things in the produce of ARMS was just something small just became bigger and bigger and then it kind of grew on to other things kind of naturally in that sense uh, or organically I would say rather.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean I think everything in the ARMS scene happened very organically because it was Mm. grassroots and everyone was starting out on the same playing field like you mentioned where on like Smash Brothers or other series you don't have pro players from previous entries coming into the new one. I mean everyone in ARM started out Mm. at ground zero and everything that happened from either a player perspective or community aspect um, was just everyone was experiencing at the same time and everyone kind of found their placing. I mean you got involved with with Scrimps who we had on season one of the show and you know hosted some tournaments with him and it sort of just like everything that happened in the scene looking back was just sort of like right place right time talking to the right people and just having yeah, these ideas that's
1: kind of the, what i loved most about yeah. it was just that everyone had this shared love for the game and they used their own mm-hmm. way of expressing themselves within that you know
0: yeah uh, yeah and so i guess kind of going off of that though, so what are some of i mean your your highlights or um fondest memories of of either you know stuff that you've worked on like fellow's in arms or yeah. the podcast or stuff or, or uh moments in the scene that really yeah. stood out to you
1: <laughs> so, like it's so difficult if i'm going to be honest i was like uh, i was trying to <laughs> think of it beforehand yeah. but it was uh i think um there were some certain points where it's just like I because I was in it all of the time, it was very like since I was doing yeah. so many things, I didn't really kind of like how I, how I am now, as we mentioned previously, but I didn't stop to think of like, okay, what is actually happening here. But there was a few, there, there was a few times <laughs> yeah. where it just like it just hit me, you know, uh, and I think, uh, the like, best moments were... Uh, so, when it, when we became a team, the Fellows in Arms team, uh, the first time we actually met together was in Japan, when we went... We traveled to Ivo Japan. Uh, and... Uh, yeah. There was, I think, after the tournament, uh, me, Hanukkah, Nobi, and Miao, we, and uh, Nobi's uh, wife, we were at a restaurant. Um, and it was just, like, this Chinese guy... Uh, This uh, American dude from St. Louis, this kid from Pakistan, and this like random (laughs) designer from Sweden are sitting in Japan in a restaurant. And I was like, I was just like when, I don't know, it it just hit me when we sat there like, how the hell did I like put this together? How did I, because I mean, they wanted to go, but I felt like in somewhere that I was kind of slightly like responsible of like, uh, encouraging them to go to Japan, yeah. right? Uh, and so uh, you were, yeah. I w- it was so unreal, and uh, I had the same moment like half a year later when we went to Smash and Splash when we all were there, like all all seven of us. Yeah, all. Yeah, and all it, we were having yeah. we had this <laughs> we know? had this group interview, with, um, and uh, we were all standing there with the jerseys and I'm like, what the hell is going on, like. How is this, (laughs) how did this happen Uh, in a good way? You know, like it, it, it's, it was just mind blowing. And I think those like were the big moments of like in real life getting, I just felt mind blown. Uh, But then you have like smaller Mm -hmm. moments of just seeing everything piece together. Like when we stream the community awards, seeing people happy in chat or uh, later on when I made this kind of four to five minute documentary about the fellows in arms and just streaming it uh, premiering it it was just interesting to see and i was happy to create content for others to enjoy um um yeah and yeah other than that yeah i think it was i i traveled to japan and uh, i entered tournaments there and i was even in a show match for arms and i was also just like uh, like i i yeah it was a, it was a really cool experience to go there and being like the the foreign guy that was just like the only non japanese person at <laughs> these tournaments and just like uh trying to communicate them and uh, to c- c- communicate with them i mean and uh uh it was it was it, that was also an experience that i just kind of cherish and i think we'll share for a long time just remembering it um very,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean I for certainly certainly for me it makes me I mean also feel a little even a little bit emotional like thinking back on like mm. Smash and Splash Four and then you know I was able to go to Smash and Splash Five, but like Smash and Swa- Smash and Splash Four when you and you, me, and the rest of Fellows in Arms were like all together sitting at a table in a restaurant. Like I was just it felt like yeah. sort of like surreal and sort of like this like almost like a dream, cause like we had worked with each other and spoken to each other almost every day for like a year basically and like we're collaborating on these online projects and having it all come together and we have like documented proof (laughs) that we were all there together in the same room it was it's yeah, it feels crazy, and especially like for myself. I mean, I was I've, I never I've never played in competitive game before, and um I've never been to a tournament before ever. Like, and to be there competing in like this large venue. Yeah, with I'm, I'm else so is, happy like, that insane. I got to
1: meet you and the others in that sense because it was just yeah. I don't know. In a lot of the ways, it just felt perfect. And that, now I'm totally like forgetting how completely jet-lagged I was and like sleep-deprived and like I was really out <laughs> uh, like out of my mind on, in that regard but uh, that's that's not important that that was it was just like i yeah. never actually met and sat down and even yeah we're just playing the game together it was just it was something special
0: yeah yeah no, I agree and I guess. So sort of taking a a drastic turn, though, from from talking about the the highlights and and kind of going along with what season two of the show is in terms of therapy sessions, like uh, I know that as from the inside perspective of Fellows in Arms, I mean, all of us had our own struggles and various things going on in real life. And I think that. Um, especially for you. I don't think people understood like some of the difficulties and struggles that you had going on internally during the arms scene, because you did a very good job of like keeping it Mm. behind closed doors. And, um, you know, I kind of want to talk about sort of some of your, you know, difficulties and struggles with the scene or some of your low lights and sort of, you know, that experience.
1: Um, cause I, I was thinking about this earlier too. It was just, um, kind of taking everything in the context of what I told about like uh using arms kind of in a non-healthy way to kind of fill a void that you know the love of my life wasn't there
0: uh yeah, pushed yeah. me
1: sometimes too hard uh where I would I would work on things so hard that I yeah at some at one point i kind of i burned myself out i kind of broke myself and uh, i think um like uh, i don't know i in in the same way that things grew in a positive way of like oh i i didn't really care about this community now i love it and it's kind of grew like the love grew for it um my my feelings of responsibility for the community, in some way, grew and I felt like I need to do this, not I want to do this, I have to do this, Uh, and that led to setting like super unrealistic, um, at times, uh, unrealistic goals for myself of like, for example, this uh, community awards where I just kind of... um, I, I tried my best to not show it to, to others because I wanted them to uh, see Fellows in Arms or Fellows, in TV, or Fellows TV by extension, uh, They uh, that they should just enjoy the content and kind of get a space where mm-hmm. they can enjoy stuff. <laughs> but it's, uh, to, truth to be told, like in sometimes, uh, you know, we were talking about my job as QA, uh, eight to six, and then I came home at seven, And then I worked on my projects usually until midnight or 1am and then I did that and then the entire weekend I didn't meet people. I was just working on fellows in arms stuff like I woke up, worked on fellows in arms stuff and then it was 3am and then I went to sleep, did it again and then I went back to work and I just had this kind of routine of just going all in on it. yeah. uh and so yeah I, I i think i really isolated myself in in um, people that were close to me in uh, in actual real life you know like that were uh, my family and stuff like that and so and that kind of uh uh during the community awards because as I said we did put I did put this unreal unrealistic like 2 week deadline of everything and then some somewhere down the line I got this idea like oh let's hire in a voice actor to talk like biff uh like the character to like introduce oh, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. and I, I every introduction should be animated uh and everything should be planned and I'm going to host like <laughs> uh, voting polls for all of these categories and like it became like it became crazy uh, <laughs> at that point um yeah it was like the mid breaking point there for fellows in arms in general uh and uh, yeah the in that after that i i it took me about 2 or 3 months before i realized that, that i got burned out at that time um yeah and i think it was just like the complete um lack of positive emotions, you know, I was positive to people, that's, you know, should always be happy and accommod- accommodating, um, but I, I wasn't really, like, enjoying anything, um, and I had, I think, during the Christmas time there, I was just at home in my apartment, uh, laying on a couch, like, staring at the ceiling, um, so it was, uh, like, I don't know, there's some bad parts about it too but i think um that experience um, it i guess it was just meant to be that it happened to me at some point like uh, yeah in the same way that uh, everything was kind of directing me to arms uh, the way i was kind of throwing myself into projects was bound to make me you know um, yeah burned out or like invested too much you know um Mm -hmm. yeah and i yeah that had that had other consequences too you know
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I certainly know that when you uh, told you know the uh, the t- like people on the Fells and Arms team, myself included, that you know after Smash and Splash um, four, which you know that was in like what June, so like six months after the community awards mm. um, in December, that you know that 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 was going to be it, mm. and that the team was disbanding. Um, I don't think I don't think I realize that the full extent of just how how involved and how invested you were and how much of a Mm. toll that was taking on you. Because one of the things I think can be said is when you do anything in life and you invest and you create any content, whatever, there are going to be people that love it Mm. and there are going to be people that hate it. And I think that especially the people that don't like something are going to voice it stronger than the people that, that did enjoy it. Um so I know for you I think that you were also burned out at times because you worked so hard you were doing these like large block shifts every day and then you also had people who were just like 100% yeah. unhappy or um the not content with what you were doing and that is is especially crushing especially when you're literally like investing every waking moment into either that or your your job yeah. which you kind of have
1: Yeah to I, do, I think you know, there was <laughs> this kind of Uh, I was starting to get this uh, into this mindset where I didn't really, like I was too biased against my own projects like um, I didn't understand that the image that I sent outwards uh, wasn't the same that I was experiencing Uh, and I think, you -hmm. know, people didn't know that I spent like my entire uh, wake hours thinking about these projects, I was doing everything for it even at at work yeah. i can say that now i was actually like when people were not looking at my <laughs> screen i was alt tabbing into fellow's in Arms stuff i was designing stuff on my work computer <laughs> like it was it was stupid in that sense like in hindsight uh, cuz i was like i i yeah. like at some points i was like oh, maybe i should just take a few days off to like work on these things and like when i did get those comments that were just like ah this could have been better like I there was some like deep (laughs) rooted rage that was just like they don't understand like I need to I need to convince (laughs) them that I'm I'm like putting my all into this Uh, in the right yeah and I I I think that kind of messed me up with um, some interactions I had with people in the community like my my goal when creating Mm -hmm. the fellows in arms besides just creating a space was just to have to be nice like everyone should everything should everyone should be nice to each other and just accepting yeah and it was hard in that in those moments for me to just be be nice like i just felt like i want to crush the world you know <laughs> uh and uh yeah like uh there there was a time where um i don't i don't think the details kind of matter anymore but uh where there was a dispute between the um, the players like uh, Akiocho and uh, some other player and um like it it felt like as if everything that i had worked up until that point just kind of fell apart mm-hmm. like um yeah i woke up one day and people had been fighting on discord and i was like okay okay this is just <laughs> like some some online beef you know and then i wrote something along the lines of hey this is not what we're about chill out um and then i started getting messages like Mm -hmm. what's wrong with you what have you done and i'm like ah what have i done uh and that was around the the time the burnout (laughs) came so it was just like
0: wow yeah yeah and i think for anyone listening and who wasn't in the arm scene like there was um, this sort of dispute that happened between one of one of the members of Fellows and Arms mm-hmm. and some other people in the community, and it led to one uh, Akio Show mm-hmm. leaving Fellows in Arms. And um, I think, in a way, like you said, it sort of kind of destroyed mm-hmm. like the the image that like you thought yeah. the team had, or like that you were kind of promoting. And cu- culminating with the the continuous burnout you've been experiencing, I can only imagine that how crushing that felt. I Me, mean, certainly. It also felt crushing to mm. me because i was on the team too and yeah it was it was really awful and you know it really sucks and i think retrospectively i think that um it's not like it was never wow. as bad as we might have thought honestly but but it certainly felt that bad when it was when yeah it was I, I think <laughs> it, and
1: for me that was the time where i kind of uh And it kind of says a lot for how I went about it. Now thinking about it, thinking back to it, was that I I decided then and there, like, okay, after Smash and Splash, uh, this is going to be done, but no one one can tell anyone in the community. And I think when I said that, I felt this uh, responsibility of, like, if I break up this team now, I'm going to screw up the community. Uh, And that being in that kind of mindset is like not a good place to be uh like nothing i I want to kind of would would have wanted to tell myself like nothing would happen just be just do what you want to because everyone will just keep on living you know uh it's not worth it to go that that hard into something and feel like it doesn't (sighs) matter like my health doesn't matter i'm just gonna go
2: on uh no yeah no exactly no, like it's, it's not, not worth it you know <laughs> yeah no um yeah i mean
0: it's 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 a tough balance to, to strike and i mean i think i think also i think that um and we obviously i think that you knew how important the fellows in arms team was to the community because it did stand as this sort of like everyone in the in the team was known in the community as sort of these mm. like respectable and and kind individuals and um I think that the branding of everything like in the community like teams do make a difference in any community I mean look at any sports team right the team makes yeah. a difference obviously because it's a team based activity with arms even though it was one on one fighting you it cannot be understated that the impact of teams in the community uh Changed a yeah. lot for people, you know. So I, I think that it, it, I understand the fear, and I think that again, yeah, it probably would have been fine. Like nothing really would have changed drastically, but it felt yeah. so much more. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I'm,
1: I'm happy that um, we did, because uh, we did continue uh, for a few more months, and I'm, I'm happy that that yeah. did happen. But uh, if it happened again, I would probably do it in some other way. In that sense.
0: Hmm. And, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I've asked this question also to when we had uh, Gore on last season, I asked him with, like, sort of, after going over his, like, career uh, in the ARMS community, like, do you do you feel accomplished? And, and, I mean, I guess a bit of pride with what you were able to do in the scene yeah, looking back. Um,
1: yeah. I feel like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> short answer, no. Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah. No, I, I no feel you're right. like Um. I did what I set out to do in the arms community. I felt like I wanted to grow as a designer. Uh, I wanted to get a job in esports. I wanted to do I wanted to do my own projects, apply my skills to them, and further my career. And then along the way, I met some i got some beautiful friendships uh and i got to do i got to go to really fun places uh i traveled for arms only i traveled to japan twice america uh yeah. england and scotland uh i believe and meeting people i would never have met in uh, in any other way uh and yeah, like, um, I think, yeah, looking back, I was because I, I was trying to find, like, is there anything else I would have wanted to do? I mean, it would have been nice to win a tournament. Like, I, I actually, I, I think I won <laughs> one regional online tournament that was, I, I was maybe, I, no, I think I got second there too. Ah, yeah, like. Even Yeah, like, even the, okay. the best placing I had was just, like, going to England and playing in that tournament, and I just, I got second, and I was like, ah, could have been, ah, <laughs> uh, but uh that's just a competitive part of me. I think, I think even the experiences yeah. of just being at those tournaments is more than enough, uh, and, uh, like, talk talking to Yabuki, the game director of ARMS at Evo Japan, I think... <laughs> Yeah. I think that should be enough, though. Like, I, I, I remember, I, I've said it to other people, but we, we met Yabuki, the game director, Kosuke Yabuki. Um, He was commentating the ARMS tournament at EVA Japan, and he, he went to the mm. foreign community afterwards to say hi. And I remember going up to him and just like, oh, I should talk in Japanese, but I got so nervous, and I just couldn't find say anything and i was trying to like stuttering explain who i was and he just interrupted me and said it's okay i know who you are i was like what the (laughs) what uh how am i supposed to react to this and i'm like how do you know me and he's like yeah i watched your stream like, I, and I was just like
0: oh, yeah, yeah,
1: like the tournament like I had a tournament a month the G7 tournament I had like a month before mm-hmm. like did you watch that? yeah yeah I, I watched them yeah. and I was just like I, I like I shut down mentally I just what? <laughs> and I was so happy was like my friend took a photo of my reaction uh of that uh, and I just looked
2: I remember, uh, yeah, I and remember I just the photo. looked yeah.
1: completely like the like a child who's met Santa or something. It was just looks like so <laughs> uh, silly. So yeah, no, I yeah. I definitely feel like I, I I could I did as much as I could.
0: <laughs> and I remember when you told me that, and I was like, oh man, I was commentating that tournament. Like that's kind of yeah. crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, no, that was, that was, yeah, that was a free I, I, I agree. And I think that's like a good way to sum it up is like, even if you didn't do some of the lo- things that you might've wanted to, like, I don't think you can complain looking back and like thinking, wow, like I did all of this stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess kind of translating into our, our third topic on the show of mentality, I think, you know, just talking about like your, uh, your experience, like a bit competitively with the game. And I also, and I think the other thing to note is you play Team Fortress 2 competitively mm-hmm. for a very long time and StarCraft. So I guess for for listeners or, or um anyone out there like what are some of your biggest like tips or um things in terms of when it comes to competing in competitive gaming that that you think people should focus on or, or tidbits of information yeah. that you
1: have. Um so hmm. uh I, the games are very different from each other uh in that sense that like the learnings I had on Team Fortress 2 maybe doesn't translate to ARMS, but they they still apply to them. Um, and it's just... Um, <laughs> for me, uh, one of the big things that I kind of learned about myself is actually learning about myself and how I learn things. Uh, it sounds pretty stupid, but what yeah. I mean is that uh, when I go into a game, I know how I function. Uh, I'm one of those people who... I can pick something up really quickly and I can become above average at it really quickly. However, when I go on after that, it takes a really long time for me to become good at something. Um, and so knowing that, I set these expectations on, on myself competitively, like, okay, I, I, I've come across that first bump. It's gonna be a long road until I become mm-hmm. Uh, Better uh, and where I want to be but I have to be okay with that because if I'm not then I'm not gonna feel good Uh, and that's That's a place where you don't want to be because you want to have fun. You want to enjoy this. It's not At least that's how I function
0: Um, I oh, I agree. I mean, I think that I've always said once you stop having fun with the game It's also mm -hmm. time to leave it, you know if you're not getting at least some enjoyment like the competitive aspect Mm -hmm. if you are competing is obviously important but you should still enjoy it to a certain extent you know and i mean i i have it's funny that you say that you're a quick learner because i i've also understood that (laughs) i am the opposite i learn like it takes me a long time to get good at something and i always say that my i have no natural talent but my one uh advantage is that Mm -hmm. i'm very persistent at things so eventually like if i i can keep at it for a long time and you know keep bashing my head against the wall until something <laughs> oh, clicks so um, funny. And, but, but I think it's important like you said to figure out who you are and the way that you learn because if you kind of get that down and understand it it's going to make getting involved in any competitive game or any sport or anything that you do that much easier once you realize kind of the path of learning and maybe what you should expect from yourself at yeah. different stages yeah, of it.
1: pretty much. I, it's, and it's just so funny that you're you're the complete opposite uh, <laughs> of me. And I think that's actually <laughs> probably one of the reasons, like now, uh, why wh- why I recruited you to Fellows in Arms because of those. Uh, I was fascinated <laughs> with how you actually function in that way because it's completely uh in contrast to how i function and i think i think that's that's yeah. also like good learning of just kind of surrounding yourself with people that both are like you but also are not like you in a competitive sense because you can learn a lot from each other um and uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's <laughs> that's just funny i i don't know that's just funny
0: yeah i well, I would certainly not be where I where I got to with arms if it wasn't for like people like infells and in arms like you and Amia. Also, I would say for me it yeah. was Nobi mostly because we sparred so much and I bounced off of him a lot. And I think like it, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten better at the game if I didn't have that support system of people around me to, to play the game with and and to spar and really push ourselves. You know, and that was a, a huge thing that. Cannot be understated where even if the game is only one versus one, like you still need people that are going to um, either uplift you or challenge you. And, and you're going to need a lot mm. of variety in that. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then I guess also I kind of want to talk about so now playing, you know, difference from playing ARMS. Right now mm. you're with GLL and, and seeing like PUBG and the auto chess system. And what are some of the things that you've noticed that like are in the top players, like the qualities they have, or some of the um, information you've gotten from them that you see that they yeah, apply
1: to, to their gameplay. I mean,
0: yeah, like what? What? Yeah, what? I mean, or or a sort of outlook on what you know, what you think that makes them tick that uh, gives them the edge.
1: It's it's difficult. Everyone's so different, but I think uh, I think mm-hmm. um, I think the players that I've interacted with the most during the events that I've had so far is just that um they seem to really know themselves. Uh and uh, yeah <laughs> sounds like I'm gonna go into Buddhism here, but uh I'm just like it's <laughs> it's can it can't be understated of how important that is. Uh and the players that I've talked to, um of course I haven't, you know, picked their brains that much, but the feeling that, like, yeah. the feeling that they give off, and how they talk about the game when they play, and analyze, you know, in the interviews we've had with them and stuff, it just seems like they're like, they uh, they split themselves from the the player and the person, and they know themselves as a player, mm-hmm. and they feel confident in that. Everything else kind of just finds their way. Like you, you will find the other way if you know your limits and like how you can work with them. Uh, Everything else we just follow.
0: I think again that, I, I think that applying a, a sort of a, a buddhism outlook though to even kind of being like i think that's an interesting take and i think that i think you make a lot of sense though when you say that in terms of when i think of like mm. even in melee you think of like the top yeah. smash players right and i think when you see them play or you see them even outside of the game just talking to people like you get that sense of what sets them apart from like the crowds and plethora of people that have you know tried as well at their Mm -hmm. their take their shot at becoming a top player they understand their limits what their best qualities are what their weaknesses are and how to avoid that and you can tell that they spent this level of time and dedication to figuring that out because i mean to a certain extent uh, you know you can play the game as much as humanly possible 12 hours a day whatever but um you're not gonna pass a threshold unless you kind of figure Mm -hmm. out who you are and and what you need to do to succeed well put (laughs) yeah well thank you i mean i I appreciate i mean your your advice and and talking about you know these these topics of mentality and i guess you know is there anything else that you want to share from your your competitive career or um you know any other uh things you want to say about mentality that you help listeners Uh,
1: i think um well, as we did talk about it before, but I just worth uh uh stating again is that nothing like is worth burnout. Uh, in that sense that mm-hmm. if you ever hit a burnout, because I know I, I I've known so many competitive people is that they they go so hard when they want to become the best and uh uh, mm-hmm. becoming like being burnt out you'll just become a worse person like in in the sense that you can't you will become weaker physically uh, and it's not it's not worth it yeah. like um, because if you try that hard and you go too far then you will be further away from your goal than you were before so just be careful about that uh, um and uh, on the topic of just kind of knowing who you are and such um it's actually just kind of looking within yourself when you have struggles uh for me i i was <laughs> it kind of pains me to say it but i had a lot of problems with rage uh, during my competitive years in team fortress um, but what yeah. made it change was seeing other people that were very calm and How can I be like that? Why am I raging? And then actually starting to ask myself, Mm -hmm. why am I angry? Why is it this? And usually it wasn't even connected to the game. It was something other. And when I started to find that, uh, I stopped being angry. And then I start being better at the game. So uh, it, it, it can be really painful to ask those questions to yourself,
2: like, why am I angry? But it can really help.
0: Yeah, no, it it, it definitely uh, can and um, I think that a lot lot of people don't, uh, you know, don't do this introspection and then they end up like experiencing Mm. burnout or losing interest or not seeing results that they wanted because they think a lot of people, you know, I think that it goes without saying that it's easy to fall into that space of um the game is the yeah. only thing that matters when you're playing a competitive game like nothing else impacts it but no that's not true like you know people are complex creatures and things going on in your personal life or things going on in your own head and different things going on with you know either work or family those are going to impact you as well when you play anything right you know, Game, sports whatever and um it, it you need to you need to d- deal with that honestly, before you can maybe, uh, push past your limits in, in in a game. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, thank you so much for, for, I mean, coming on the show today and, and talking to, uh, to me about, you know, one, like your involvement with the arm scene and, and also what you've been doing in real life and, you know, your new job and just everything going on. And I mean, it's just, it's, been awesome to to kind of be able to sit down with you in this way because you know we 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 work together so much in the arm scene and it's been a while since we really talked at length and kind of taking this time to look back on things and I think the discussion that we've had is I mean one really enlightening even yeah, for me uh, you know it,
1: it's been a pleasure and, uh, and I I do appreciate that this podcast's focus because it's something worth talking about even you know listening and now talking on this podcast is just this is good stuff this should this should continue uh, for sure uh so i'm just happy to um have had the chance to talk with you again in this kind of long longer conversation
0: absolutely yeah and again uh feel free you know to give yourself a shout out and let people know where you, they can find you and um, or if you want to you know give a shout out to any people uh feel sure. free to do so um
1: I have the easiest way to find me is on twitter uh Defer, defur d-e-f-u-r mm-hmm. uh, that's also my twitch handle and for some reason i got that on instagram as well uh but yeah yeah nice. <laughs> lucky me <laughs> um but uh yeah i i have a lot of really random posts Uh, and if you want to talk to me i'm i'm you know open to messages uh as for my projects uh i might start them again soon hopefully Uh, when they happen they happen and when they do they happen on fellows tv which is on twitch and twitter
0: perfect awesome well thank you so much and again to uh, everyone listening we will be continuing uh season two um therapy sessions um Hopefully we'll do do an episode a month. So the next episode will be um, next month around the same date as this one. And again, you can follow us um, on Twitter at Wholesome FM and we're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. So look out for more information and we will see you on the next episode. Wholesome Transmissions is hosted by me, Pineapple Freak and Radio. Radio does our production, and our editing is done by Radio and myself. Our logo is designed by Griffical, and music used in the show is courtesy of Scrimps. Arms is pretty cool, and so are you.